Welcome to episode 207 of the Actual Astronomy Podcast. I'm Chris and joining me is Shane. We are amateur astronomers who love looking up at the night sky. And this podcast is for anybody else who likes going out under the stars. So typically we try to keep the show pretty clean, Shane. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's family friendly and, Fam- and we're taking it to the next level on, on this episode of making sure it's a clean show. Yes, exactly. Well, I was going to go, I was going to say, well, this show is going to, we're going to be talking about dirt or, yes. or getting dirty or maybe getting clean. But uh, I got to say, you, you, you kind of threw this topic out at me and I was a little nervous because I don't really clean my optics, period, much. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've had some bad, I've had some bad times doing that. Uh, I've scratched a few eyepieces in the distant past. And I remember when I got into astronomy and, and started, you know, observing with other club members um, somebody gave me a, or loaned me a Pentax 35 millimeter, uh, panoptic once. Oh, a Teleview. Tele-view. Yeah. And, and I remember going out, I love that eyepiece. Oh, this is great. Blah, blah, blah. And I remember I, I had used it a few nights and I, th- I think I had it for a month or something like between club meetings kind of thing. And, uh, and then I was looking at it in the day and, uh, cause I wanted to make sure I didn't, you know, did it get any crud on it? I better, maybe I better clean this one. And I remember it was so dirty. It was just unbelievable. And I was like, oh, well, the dirt really doesn't impact things as much as I would have thought. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I stopped worrying as much after that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of an interesting topic. Um, you know, you and I have, um, we've sort of addressed it lightly, uh, I think in a couple episodes way back when I'm, I'm not sure, but it does come up periodically from listeners and emails, um, you know, about how do you clean optics? When should you clean optics? That sort of thing. And, uh, recently Phil who sends us, um, you know, a lot of voice messages, uh, he, he acquired a, a four inch refractor, but it had, um, mm-hmm. kind of messy, like a mess between the elements. And, uh, he, he cleaned it all and, and did a really good job by the looks of things. Um, so I don't know, just thought maybe we would talk about that this week and see where we go. Yeah. We should probably and- put a, a disclaimer out front too, that, um, you know, we are not responsible for what happens to your equipment if you try to clean it, because you certainly you certainly can cause uh, damage, and you can make it worse than what it was. You know, when it was just dirty. So you definitely need to exercise some caution if you're gonna if you're going to clean any optics. Yeah, it's almost like if in doubt, don't clean it. And you know, I was I was impressed with what Phil sent us, and I, I don't know if you can tweet out any of the shots of of, uh, of his process, which, uh, you know, I, w- I was impressed by, I thought he did a wonderful job. Uh, like he bought this older telescope that was in pretty rough shape. Now, the, the other part of the disclaimer on what Phil did, if, if you do tweet those images out or Phil has sent them out or put them on other websites or Facebook groups, I know he's belonged to a lot, um, is that I would classify Phil as a, uh, glass cleaning expert. <laughs> Yeah. To say the least, yeah, this yeah. is this is his profession. I believe is that he does he clean does. glass. That is very true. Yeah. So so uh, maybe you know maybe to kind of just let people know, um, you know that this is a person uh, that uh, that really is uh, is not as intimidated. And some of his stuff, I was like, 
okay, that's pretty impressive. Like he had a special UV one for getting rid of mold. Cause you were like, well, if it has mold, just throw it out. I was like, yeah, you don't want to get that stuff. And he's like, well, no, you can actually do this. And I'm like, like, who would know this? Right. So yeah, Phil knows yeah. this apparently. So yeah. yeah. And, and you know, what Phil did is more than just a cleaning optics. Like he's, he's restoring a telescope yeah. that was pretty much not operational. Um, so there's definitely a difference. Um, where should we start, Chris? Uh, should we talk about eyepieces first or telescopes or how do you want to divide this up? Well, I'm, I'm not sure, but the, I, I don't know that much about it. Like I said, I, okay. I don't do too much cleaning, but I'm going to say this. The, the one thing that I notice a lot of people do is they, they do what's called like a flashlight mm-hmm. test. They're, they're out in the field and they're like, huh, I can't see this faint object or whatever. Maybe my optics need to be cleaned. And they take a flashlight and they point them at like, you know, the objective lens of a refractor or, or the, uh, the exit lens of, of the, uh, eyepiece. And of course, in those kind of conditions, um, even microscopic flecks of dust or debris or whatever, um, get, seem to get amplified for some reason. So I, I don't think that's the best way to look at your optics. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I remember with my mead light bridge, the 12 inch that I used to have, uh, occasionally when I was doing collimation in the darkness, um, I would shine my flashlight down the, the tube first, just to see where the, the circle was on the mirror. And if my red dot was close and every time I did that, I couldn't believe how awful my mirror looked. Um, mm-hmm. and then the next day when I thought I better clean that thing, I looked at it and I didn't really notice any dust and it looked quite nice actually. <laughs> so, so there definitely is something about the flashlight test that, um, uh, really does expose a lot of dust, but it, you know, like you said, don't let that be the reason why you're cleaning your optics. So, um, Maybe, uh, maybe I'll just start rambling here, it. Chris, because I've, uh, I've certainly cleaned, uh, eyepieces and telescopes, uh, refractors, reflectors. So I, I definitely have some experience. Um, and maybe what I'll say, number one, and, and I think everybody should have this in their kit. It's, um, it's an air blower, but like not a compressed air blower. Do not use compressed air to clean your optics. Um, often the compressed air, even if it's in a can has some moisture in it. And because it's compressed, it's coming out with a lot of pressure. Uh, occasionally it will, it can have the potential anyway, to inject some of this moisture, um, not just on top of your, you know, whatever you're cleaning, but if, if it's an eyepiece with multiple elements, there's potential for that moisture to sort of seep in between the elements, which is really, really bad. So never use that. But, um, if you go to like a photography store, you can get like these bulbs that are designed to just, you squeeze them and they blow air. And, uh, the reason I think everybody should have those in their kit is it's, uh, that's the first step of any optic cleaning. And in most cases, you, you don't really need to go any further than that. Just take okay. that bulb brush, like blow, uh, the surface dust off your eyepiece. Um, and that's probably it. You're good. Um, they're, they're very uh, inexpensive. You know, I think they're probably $10 or less for one of these things. And, uh, usually that's all I do. And, um, it is good to keep that dust off your, uh, off your lenses or off your mirrors, because if that dust sits there for like a longer period of time, and then you're out say, and it's a humid night and some dew forms, that's when some of that dust starts to get caked onto your optics. And, you know, then you have to do some other tactics, um, you know, if you want to clean it. 
Um, so I know, uh, I know like Mike has one of these bulbs. I have one. I don't so know do if I. you have one, Chris. Yeah. yeah. yeah they're, they're super handy. This is the only thing that I've ever really used with a, with a few rare exceptions. And, uh, I'm just looking here now to see if I can find it. I bought a kit. I haven't really used it, but I have used the bulb from it. Um, but I did buy a really good bulb because my old bulb was just, um, not, it, it just wore out, I guess they wear it after 10 or 12 years, however long it's been. So I did buy a new good bulb. Um, but you can buy some good optics cleaning kits. I think there was one recommended on cloudy nights and then there's this ROR oil. Yep. Gonna, yeah. I've got that down towards the bottom of the notes. But yeah. That's all I've ever used. Shane. I've used that and the odd Q-tip with a little bit of alcohol or optics tissue. And what I'm going to say is the only time I've ever cleaned the eyepieces is if this happens and this does happen from time to time, every like three years or so I'm doing public observing, maybe with an eye, like I don't have like public observing eyepieces necessarily. Most of the time I let people look through the good ones, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not like that. I don't want to be dragging extra eyepieces with me and you know, whatever. Um, so let's see. Um, but what can happen is if, if somebody is wearing mascara and gets their eye in there really close. Um, sometimes some of that makeup can tr- get transferred to the exit lens of the eyepiece. That's when I'll clean it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's pretty much the only time for me to like the, well, two cases, number one is what you just said. And, and it even goes beyond mascara. Like everybody's eyelashes have uh, some oil on them. And if the eyelashes are long enough and they make contact with the eyepiece glass, uh, usually there's some residue left behind. Yeah. So that's one case. The other is occasionally, and I'm sure this has happened to you, Chris, uh, you know, it's dark, you go to grab an eyepiece, maybe you think the cap is on it and it's not, and you put your thumb square in the middle of the, the exit lens. Yeah. This <laughs> happens. Yeah, yeah. Now you have a fingerprint there. So, um, definitely I, you know, I do clean that off. Uh, fingerprints can etch themselves, uh, occasionally into the coatings too, if they're left too long. Um, so it is a good idea to, uh, to clean that stuff. So if we start with eyepieces, the number one thing to do before you touch that glass is to blow all of the dust off or as much dust as you can. Um, and then if you're uh, going any further than that, um, like you mentioned, Chris, uh, alcohol, like uh, isopropyl alcohol is, um, is what a lot of, uh, optic places recommend. Like I think even Teleview recommends that, <clears throat> um, but there's, there's different qualities of isopropyl. Now the common one is about like 91% pure. Um, if you, if you talk to the pharmacist or if you look for, uh, other options, there's usually like one that's close to hundred percent, like 98 or 99% pure go with that when you're cleaning your optics, because the impurities in the 91% can sometimes damage uh, mirrors or, or uh, uh, lenses. So, so get, you know, that, that higher quality alcohol. And I've always used um, just cotton balls, but again, there's like pure cotton balls. And then there's sort of the regular cotton balls go for the mm. pure ones because they, they will be gentler on your optics. Um, the other thing that I use is I have a big box of these Zeiss optic wipes. Um, you know, normally Zeiss stuff is super expensive. These are not, um, but they are really good. And they're basically just a moist towelette that you probably would use to clean your fingers sometimes, you know, at a, uh, like after a, a chicken wing eating 
episode or something like that. It's, this is going in different directions now. Yeah, yeah, we're all over. Um, <laughs> you're you're just you've still got Clint's offer for the deep fried chicken at one a.m. on your mind. I, I know that's what you. Yeah, I do. You. Yeah, yeah. And it's <laughs> it's getting close to lunch where we're actually recording right now, so that doesn't help. But um, anyway, these Zeiss wipes are awesome because they don't leave like any streaking or residue behind, and uh, they do a great job for this type of cleaning. So anyway, I start with blowing all the dust off. Um, and then usually I'll just go to the Zeiss wipe and clean off the smudge from the eyelashes or my fingerprint or whatever. And that's it. You know, I'll let it dry. Once it's dry, I cap it back up and it goes in the case. Um, and, and yeah, that's, that's basically it in a nutshell. Um, if I'm doing my telescope objective, excuse me, same thing is, um, blow all of the dust off first. Um, and I'll spend a considerable amount of time actually doing that because, you know, that, that harder, uh, like, like the, the dust particles can scat scratch or etch your optics. So blow all that off. Um, and then what I will do is, uh, probably with the telescope objective, I'll use the alcohol cotton ball, uh, combination, um, and usually I just start in the middle and swipe up to like, what would be 12 o'clock on, on a clock. And then that cotton ball goes in the garbage, pull out another one, swipe up, put alcohol on it first, swipe up to one o'clock. And then that goes in the garbage and basically do that all the way around the, uh, the objective. And that should get it clean enough for, for use afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why you want to throw that cotton ball out every single time is it will probably gather or collect some of the, you know, particles or whatever's living on your optics. It'll gather that up and you don't want to then, you know, go to another part of the objective and swipe again, because whatever it picked up could now potentially scratch. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you throw out the cotton ball cause that's way cheaper than a, a new objective on your telescope. Um, so anyway, Sounds good. yeah, that's basically it. Now, occasionally what you'll run into is, um, you might have like some, uh, something that doesn't remove using that method. Now, whether it's like, maybe you got some, uh, pollen in the air or something that's a little sticky, uh, that somehow, you know, got onto your telescope. Um, a, a common, uh, a common tactic that people use is a little saliva on like your finger, like, or on your thumb. And then just very gently rubbing uh, on, you know, wherever this kind of sticky or, or troublesome area might be. Our saliva has enzymes uh, naturally in it that help to break down some of that stuff and make it easier to remove. And our thumb, you know, or our skin is is quite soft and and uh, you know, in in of of in and of itself will not uh, damage your optics. Um, so that's something I've used as well. Yeah. Um, if we move on to reflectors, um, this, uh, I, so maybe what I'll also state is, is I've found that cleaning, uh, glass lenses, um, far more forgiving than cleaning a mirror. Um, I've never damaged any of my like glass objectives, whether it's an eyepiece or a telescope, but I have put some scratches in, uh, my Newtonian mirrors just from cleaning in the past. Um, so I don't know if the coatings weren't quite as good or, or what, but, uh, they seemed not quite as robust. So more care is needed here. 
So if you're cleaning your Newtonian or your reflector mirror, um, the first thing you do is you remove the whole mirror cell from the telescope tube. So, you know, it varies by telescope, but pull that out. Um, and then a lot of the same principles apply at this stage. Uh, use your, your, you know, your bulb for cleaning optics for uh, blowing air. Um, blow that all over the mirror to try to get as much dust off as you can. Um, and then what I would often do is soak the whole thing in distilled water. Um, and distilled water is important because it has all of the minerals out of it. So when it dries, it won't leave any residue behind. Um, so soak it in the distilled water for, uh, you know, an hour or two or, or overnight even. And then well, I would take it out and I would just put it on its side, uh, on top of a towel so it's on its side. So all of the water can hopefully just, you know, kind of drain off of the mirror mm -hmm. and that's it. I don't touch it. I let it air dry. And if you're using distilled water, that's fine. Again, that water will not leave any markings on the mirror. Um, and, uh, hopefully that is enough to, uh, to, you know, get it back to kind of a clean state. Now, if, um, if it's still not clean, what you can do at that point is use the, the same method that I used for, uh, uh, like my reflector or sorry, my refractor lenses, you know, a cotton ball with some, uh, alcohol on it and, you know, one swipe, throw away the cotton ball, new cotton ball with alcohol, another swipe in a new area of the mirror, start from the middle, work your way to the outside. Um, and, and, you know, that's how you can proceed with, uh, with cleaning those as well. Yeah. All right. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now there's another one here. Maybe we should talk just a little bit about too, is, and that's mold. Um, and it can happen probably more so on eyepieces, um, but I've definitely seen it in telescope objectives as well. Um, now you have to determine whether or not that mold is surface mold or in between the objectives. Um, if it's surface mold, um, you might be able to remove it. Um, and and, uh, with, without too much difficulty. Um, but if you're, if it is mold, you definitely want to use, um, like a enzyme that will prevent the mold from regrowing. Um, if it is mold, do not use the optic ever until you've completely removed all of the mold, because, um, you know, if you have mold in an eyepiece and you put it in your telescope, the spores from the mold in that eyepiece can very easily spread to other optics within your system. And uh, you certainly yeah. don't want that to happen. So no. surface mold can be cleaned fairly easily. If it's in between the objectives, this gets super challenging. Uh, one is you can take apart all of the objectives uh, and then try to put things back together. I don't really recommend that. Um, it's especially with eyepieces when you can have like, five to, I don't even know, 12 or 15 elements in there with different spacers. Um, that can be really challenging to put back together properly. Um, so one thing you could try, um, again, if it's mold in between elements is if you have a, a diagonal that maybe you don't care too much about, and maybe a telescope that you're, you know, not, uh, don't have a large investment in, um, what you can do is, is put, you know, the eyepiece and the, the diagonal into your telescope and just point it at the sun. Now, you know, this is kind of dangerous. You don't want to look at, you don't want to look through it, 
but the UV light from the sun will kill just about anything that's growing. So um, if you do that, um, you can have some success too in com uh, combating mold that's in between the objectives of uh, an eyepiece. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's good advice. I think you've actually binned some uh, gear before that was moldy, didn't you? Yeah. So, um, one of the, uh, Pentex SMC orthos that I have a nine millimeter, um, did have just a touch of mold in between the objectives. Uh, and it was kind of on the side, uh, of the field of view and I wasn't going to take apart the objectives. So I thought before I throw away this eyepiece, uh, I will try the UV thing. And, uh, it actually worked quite good. The mold oh, is gone. It? Yeah. There's no etching in the coatings. Huh? Um, yeah, seems okay. So I, I oh, well, that's I good pleased with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you'd end up throwing that eyepiece out. Maybe, maybe you were debating it. And I just didn't get the update. Well, there, you probably actually, this has happened to me multiple times. The Pentex I salvage and you know, it's okay. Uh, I had a, I think it was a 32 millimeter Takahashi Erfel. Um, oh. and it's a fairly old eyepiece. And so the, the Pentex just had like a slight dot of it on the side. This Erfel was like the whole thing. And I just didn't feel like it was worth my, my, it wasn't really worth the risk of trying to get that one back. Um, so I just tossed it and, and the, you know, the investment in that uh, Erfel was much less than the, or than the Pentex. So I was more motivated to salvage, uh, the Pentex than the, uh, the old Erfel. So the, yeah. the Erfel was a little bit of the, you know, I, I, I got my tuition in the school of hard knocks on that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta tell one story, sort of a, a catastrophic story about optics cleaning gone bad. And uh, sometimes I mentioned my, my friend, Tim, uh, who I observed uh, predominantly with in Ontario. Um, and when he first got into astronomy, I, I think it's the story. He had, I think it was one of those Mead 10-inch F6.3s. Remember? Yeah. They made a special one, not the one with the focal reducer, but it was actually a 6.3. So it had a, it was smith cassegrain but it had a wider field of view and Anyway, he had gotten one of these, um, I think he'd actually driven down to Adorama down in the States and, and picked it up in person back when uh, gas prices were, were so cheap in the, whenever it was. Um, anyway, uh, and, and it had gotten dirty or something and he, he decided to clean the objective or the, what do you call it, The corrector lens mm -hmm. on it. And, mm -hmm. and he was scrubbing and scrubbing and scrubbing. And he realized that it was the coating that he had seen. It wasn't dirt. <laughs> and he ended up re having to remove the coating on the front of the, uh, on the front of the corrector <laughs> because he kept scrubbing it so hard to try to like, he was scrubbing it and he could see it was starting to come off and it was probably back before some of the more modern uh, coating applications. And so, boy, if you really put the pressure on, you could kind of get that coating to start peeling and he ended up having to peel. Like he, he realized as soon as he did the damage, but kind of once it was going, he decided just to take the whole thing off and he, he ended up scrubbing all of the uh, coating off his, uh, his old 10 inch uh, Schmidt cassegrain. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it definitely is not hard to, to like ruin optics by cleaning them. Um, I had a, uh, a two inch Teleview Everbright diagonal that came with, uh, one of the telescopes that I purchased 
And when I was using this telescope early on, I noticed like, especially around bright stars and planets, like there's a bit of a kind of a haze around bright objects. And this yeah. is sometimes a sign of like, you got to clean your optics. They're dirty. Well, you know, I looked at the yeah. uh, telescope objective. It was immaculate. My eyepiece immaculate. And when I looked at the diagonal, it seemed like it was fine too. Um, so I couldn't figure this out. And one day I was in, I don't even know what I was doing. I was at home. I wasn't even doing astronomy and I was looking at this diagonal and I just sort of like, when I was looking at the mirror, I had it on a bit of an angle and uh, just that angle, how the light hit the mirror, it was just clouded with scratches, but you had to catch it at the right angle. And so uh -huh. the previous owner had uh, probably cleaned this thing inappropriately or whatever. I don't know what happened, but while it looked pretty good for the most part, the right mm -hmm. angle exposed a whole bunch of these scratches. And like, I can't even like describe how many scratches there were. It was just nonstop. And anyway, yeah. I replaced the diagonal with a different one. And that really made huh. a lot of those halos disappear. Um, so yeah, you know, that, uh, that can definitely be a problem. Um, again, this is why, you know, the, the number, well, probably the best thing to do is just try to not let your optics get dirty. Now, easier said than done. Uh, one of the things that is maybe the most impactful, uh, that I don't do, and maybe with a reflect with a refractor, it's less important, but, um, if you have a, a reflector, put down a ground mat first before you deploy your telescope. Um, and then you put your telescope on top of this mat. And then what that can do, assuming you're like observing, say in a, a dusty area, um, the mat just sort of helps you not stir up dust. Um, and then that dust, you know, ending up on your mirror. Um, so yeah, you know, the, I think the real goal is just to try and to make sure you're not, um, inadvertently, uh, getting your stuff dirty, you know, so cap up when you, when you're not using the optics, uh, you and I, when we've observed on the side of roads, sometimes, you know, if a car is coming, yeah, the first thing we do is get caps on oh, yeah. the optics so that, you know, the, yeah. the dust yeah. that, you know, a vehicle might kick up, uh, doesn't bother us. Um, so that is certainly, uh, uh, you know, something to, uh, strive for as well. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's the thing that I typically practice most. Like if you think about, you know, in, in the life of my uh, telescopes or optics or whatever, like how, how much of their life is actually going to be spent exposed to the outside elements? Well, it's very small. And, and although any exposure is going to result in some dust or debris accumulation by simply following that common practice of, you know, if I'm not really looking through it, I cap it up. Like I know people that will go out and they'll just whip all the caps off all of their stuff They'll, they'll put it out for the whole night or even multiple days sometimes and just leave the caps off. Well, in that case, yeah, that, that stuff's going to need cleaning more, more frequently. But um, for like my eyepiece, like the, uh, like, for example, the, uh, the, the doctor uh, 12 and a half, right. I, I don't want to be cleaning that all the time, even though it can take it. And I'll get to that in a moment. Um, as soon as I'm not looking through it, I've got the cap on it and, when it goes in the eyepiece tray, the cap goes on right away and, uh, you know, they're not sitting around. So it's less of a chance of getting that thumbprint on, like you were saying, which is always inevitable, but, uh, you know, I'll probably do that once every two or three years, um, because I do try to follow, uh, you know, pretty good safe practices with, uh, with the, with the caps anyway, especially with the, uh, the exit, uh, exit lens caps. 
But but one thing I want to add, and, and this is one thing that many people may not quite realize, is that when you're buying more expensive optics, like let's say, you know, things like we were talking about, like Pentax, Takahashi, Teleview, um, I think Explore Scientific, you know, a lot of the good um, reputable eyepiece manufacturers that, that are out there, some of the higher end eyepieces from, from everybody, um, they've they're baking in their coatings um, a little bit better than eyepieces that don't cost as much. So I know like the Pentax eyepieces, for example, um, they're, they're not going to be scratched as easily. Like those are very, very hard, you know, uniformly deposited coatings. So, you, you know, from what I understand, you have to be very careful, but you're less likely to damage that coating than say um, like one of these really inexpensive eyepieces I have like just sort of beating around on my desktop here um, that, that just came with uh, uh, an inexpensive telescope I bought for my nephew. But I was like, these eyepieces are not great. So I replaced them and just kind of keep them around here. But when I just sort of fooled around with those, those, uh, those coatings can scratch pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Um, maybe some other stuff to mention too, Chris, um, lens pens, I think are pretty popular. Um, a lens pen is, uh, uh, you know, especially if you're a photographer, a lot of photographers carry these things and a lens pen has two ends. One is like a brush, you know, to brush debris off of a, an optic. And then the other is like a polishing side, I guess. And, and like the cap has, it almost looks like shoe polish in there. And it's like a, like a, like a flat blunt end that you kind of rub on an optic and it gets rid of smudges or anything like that. Mm -hmm. They're effective, but I don't use them at all. Um, if I do, well, I shouldn't say that I have a lens pen. The only part of it I use is the brush end. And that's sometimes step two. So again, step one is always the air bulb to blow off the debris. If there's some debris that I can still see that the air is not getting, I may take the brush from the lens pen just to see if that light touch is able to uh, free the debris. But yep. I never use that polishing side. I, I just don't think that that's a good thing to do. Um, especially, you know, if you have some debris sitting on the surface of that uh, glass, uh, adding that pressure to polish it, you know, you have the potential of rubbing like an abrasive all over your lens, um, and, you know, causing some real damage. So, uh, yeah. I do not recommend that aspect. Um, you know, some other, you know, advice that I can give just based on my experiences, if you're going to do this, make, make sure you're researched. So, like go to Teleview site, go to astrophysics, uh, go to Bader. They all have uh, instructions on how to clean optics. The weird thing is they all vary a little bit, but go ahead and read them and then decide on your approach. Uh, once you have that yeah. figured out, make sure you have everything you need, all of the right supplies, and just make sure you take your time. Um, never clean something in the field at night. Uh, the, well, beyond an air bulb, never do anything more at night, uh, in the field. If you really need to clean something, do it the next day when you have all kinds of time, uh, because you don't want to rush this process. If you rush it, that's when you're, you know, more likely to maybe cause some damage. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, exactly. And uh, back in, in August, August 11th of 2020, Bill Paloni, um, he put out a very brief um, description of how he does it. 
Mm. And uh, yeah, th- this is the one that that really caught my attention is probably being one of the better uh, ways to do it because it's it's pretty simple and straightforward. Uh, Bill said that he uses 91% alcohol on a Q-tip or cotton pad, kind of like what Shane described with, you know, you can go through and, and do it that way. Um, and mostly desaturated uh, ethanol, but sometimes uh, isopropyl uh, also. Uh, and then he follows uh, that up with uh, ROR oil, which is residual oil remover that you can get from uh, uh, BH uh, photo. And uh, very simple process. Use a lens brush to wipe away anything loose. I guess like use the bulb, like you said, Shane, and then lens brush and then apply the alcohol and then pat the surface and give it 30 seconds to let it do its stuff. And then wipe it, like you said, either with the Q-tip or the uh, cotton swab, um, and then, uh, follow a second application, um, of the alcohol with no sit time and then wipe it dry and then follow that with the RR application. Um, and that leaves the least, uh, residual, uh, you wipe that off again, using that same technique with the cotton, uh, swab or a Q-tip. And then, uh, if it looks like the surface is, is, uh, much cleaner then you're good. Um, otherwise you can sort of repeat with the RR on it again. So that's like a pretty simple, straightforward way to do it. You can get that RRR oil from um, BH video or BH photo and video supply. Uh, I bought some, it's about 10 bucks, uh, pretty cheap. And then I think um, like you had suggested, bought some of those pads uh, from Zeiss and those wet moist ones. And then as well, uh, bought a new bulb and some other stuff uh, last year, but I've only really been using the bulb. I feel like that's, that's probably the best, uh, the best technique, the bulb, and then the brush sometimes when there's big debris. And that's really it. I usually don't, unless things are getting really bad or unless there's uh, makeup or some other oil, or I did the thumbprint, uh, that, that's pretty much how I roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's really good uh, uh, advice. Um, and, and Bill Paoloni, you know, we've, we've referenced him many times. He is a uh, probably one of the more renowned eyepiece reviewers. Uh, he used to post on cloudy nights. Now he's on his own. Uh, I don't know if it's his, but he's uh, kind of exclusively on another forum that I think it's called like the sky searchers or something like that. I can't remember the name of it, but, mm. but anyway, uh, you know, if Bill says, if Bill has a process, uh, you know, I certainly trust his judgment, um, you know, and, and I'm sure that that is a good one to follow. Cool. All right. Anything else that uh, we need to cover with this, Shane? Um, The only other thing I'll mention is just uh, maybe a a bit of a repeat, but, you know, taking apart um, telescope objectives or taking apart eyepiece, uh, like the eyepiece um, objectives to the lenses in there, uh, that can be really, really challenging because it's not just even like putting them together in the right order, um, but it's also like... uh, especially with the telescope objective, like, um, if they're just, um, misaligned slightly by having say like the top objective, um, just rotated slightly than where it was in the original configuration can throw off the alignment of those objectives and, and really, you know, cause your telescope to not function properly anymore. So, um, I just, I, I put a lot of caution out there. If you're going to start taking apart lens cells and taking apart eyepieces, uh, you know, it can, it, it can result in disaster, but it, it is also possible to do with the right level of care. So I'll, I'll leave that up to the individual. 
Yeah, I actually, uh, Tim and I had destroyed one of my tel- a Teleview uh, 32 millimeter Plossel. Um, I think I've, I think I said this way early on when we were, you know, first started this podcast up two years ago now, but, um, my, my 32 millimeter teleview, it was like one of my most used eyepieces was always kicking around my bag. It had become really dirty and they're, um, you know, teleview eyepieces are, are very well built, but it was the first eyepiece I ever bought. And this is about a dozen years or more after I purchased it. And, you know, sort of been used and abused. And, uh, and I asked uh, Tim if he could help me clean it. And he said, yeah. And, you know, it, it probably been dropped uh, numerous times on hard floors and different things, but it worked okay, but it just gotten too dirty. And um, so what we did is, is we went to, he went to unscrew it. And I, he, the only thing we could figure that had happened is, during the course of its life, it had gotten dropped at one point in time and the housing, like how, how it screws together had really um, become like overly tightened on the, uh, the exit lens. And as we started to unscrew it, it just like cracked right across oh, wow. the lens, just, just shattered it just uh, sort of in like this unbelievable way, just kind of like how you think of you know, uh, sort of that caricature in the cartoon of the person who steps on the pond where the ice is too thin. And then it's sort of like spider webs out mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, that's kind of what it did. Like, just like boom. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was destroyed, unfortunately. So it, it had become too dirty that it couldn't be used. And, and when he started to try to unscrew it, like he had some sort of, um, like he had a machine shop and, uh, and he had some, something it was, I call it a vice sort of like a vice and it would help unscrew um, stuck components. And um, anyhow, yeah, he said, it's really, really tight. And I'm like, well, we can't use it anyway. So keep going. And it just, it just shattered it, you know, it just shattered that field lens. So um, yeah, sometimes it's, it's just not worth it. That, but that eyepiece, either it was unusable because of this, or it was uh, unusable because just in the process of even just trying to get to the lenses, we, uh, we destroyed that eyepiece. So I've lost an eyepiece. He lost a telescope in the distant past. Um, so you gotta be pretty careful with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That that's probably the best way to end. This is there's no amount of caution. That's too much <laughs> when you're cleaning optics. Yeah. And again, like I've, I found that for the vast majority of my observing, um, like Shane said, the blow bulb and then, um, inside, um, the, uh, the blow bulb and then, then the brush. And then, yeah, if somebody's gotten makeup on there, or if you put a fingerprint on there, um, then, then, yeah, then you can go through that little bit of cleaning process, but often I'll just clean that spot. If I get a thumbprint, it just like sort of, sometimes it's not even like your full thumbprint. You think you really nailed it, but the only print part is like maybe, uh, like less than half a centimeter, a few millimeters by a few millimeters. I'll just clean that spot and then, you know, go from there. Usually mm-hmm. it's fine. So, okay. Anything else? No, that's it for me, Chris. All right. Well, thanks, Shane. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we always enjoy hearing uh, of your own observing experiences. Uh, maybe people out there have some better techniques for cleaning than what we covered here or, or have questions about cleaning. We'd be happy to try to answer those. Uh, send us an email to actualastronomy at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you everyone for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show. If you are interested in more information, would like to contact us, or if you would like to support the podcast, check out our website, actualastronomy.com. <laughs>